The EPL Show on the Soccer Gambling Podcast is brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for the information you need to make yourself a smart better. Plus, their Super Bowl special gives you 50% off their premium data. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP50. That's BetQL.com and use the promo code SGP50. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home of avid sports bettors providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure you subscribe to our page so you never miss a pick. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And finally, we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG betting that's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com and use the promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's betteredge, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com and the promo code SGP. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also check out my website, lockbetting.com, where we have just delivered our 92nd month of consecutive transparent track profit. When I say consecutive transparent track profit, what I mean is that you can see every single spreadsheet that we've ever done. The pinned tweet on at SGP Soccer's Twitter at SGP Soccer is always the previous month. So you can see what we did for the month of February. And if you go to lockbetting.com, you can see every spreadsheet. I use Patreon because it allows all the members to comment. And you'll see that there is no comment discrediting our PL. It's 100% legit. We have delivered 92 months of consecutive track profit. And we're going for the 93rd. February was a tough, uh, sorry, January was a tough, tough month because we started 10 units up and then we lost that 10 units between the 13th and the 16th of January. So essentially on the 17th of January, we were starting again. So to get from the 17th to the 31st of January over that two-week period and making £1,890 during that time, nearly $2,500, that is an astronomical achievement. And I'm very, very proud of what we did in January. We've started this month with three winning days out of four. We have won 15 of the last 18 days and we are on a red-hot run. So there is no better time to sign up, especially because I use a Patreon site and Patreon will bill you whenever you sign up. So if it's the 15th, 20th, 25th, you'll get billed for the entire month and then you'll get billed again on the 1st of March. Why not just get billed on the 6th? Because there's still plenty to come this month. You can sign up in time for this weekend soccer. You can sign up in time for the Super Bowl. You can sign up for all of this month's NBA and you can sign up for the Tennis Australian Open. We are on an incredible tennis run. We have won 14 out of our last 15 days. We are winning nearly every single night with the NBA Props. Soccer has got fully back on track. We had a solid 3-1 week with the Soccer 3-0 sweep in the EPL as well. So everything is rosy again. So head over to Lock. But not that it wasn't. We had a few bad days and that wiped out a load of profit. I even did a podcast here on the SGP because I am fully transparent. It was the Bad Beat Show. I talked about my worst day ever. There were a couple of more bad days in and around that because we didn't recover well. We didn't recover immediately. But we did recover after that. We did still end up delivering 
18, nearly 19 units of profit for the month, £1,890. And obviously, if you bet in dollars, your unit sizes would be different. And you did get up to nearly $2,500. So we still delivered a solid month of profit, not in our top 20% of all time, but still a massive achievement. And we are hot now. So as I said, there's no better time to sign up with everything we've got coming up. Weekend soccer action. And of course, the Champions League returning soon as well. We'll be doing a futures show coming up in the week. Our futures have already landed over 15 units this season across the Champions League and the Europa League. And we have a lot record for those two tournaments of 19-3 and for our Champions League bonus shows as well. So we look to hit the ground running again when the Champions League Zooms will continue winning money in the NBA, the NHL, college football. Sorry, not football. I meant college basketball. I've got football in the brain, probably because it's the Super Bowl this weekend. We haven't released our picks for the Super Bowl yet. We still need to release our um, our side play. We don't think we're going to be doing a total, but we will be doing plenty of props. So as I said, head over to lockbetting.com. There literally is no better time to sign up and give me a follow over at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. If you retweet, my PL, this is still an offer. If you retweet my PL over at SGP Soccer, give that a retweet. It will be the pin tweet. I will shoot you back a DM with some free plays for the weekend. So head over to lockben.com, DM, sorry, retweet my PL, and I will return the favor by DMing you some free plays. Just one more thing I want to get out of the way. Locker Room. Please, please, please download the Locker Room app. Go to lockerroom.com slash SGPN. That's lockerroom.com slash SGPN to download the app and then look out for the link for my shows. I go on at the same time every Tuesday. It's 5 p.m. UK time, 12 p.m. East. That's where I do the EPL show live. This week we'll be doing FA Cup round five. So join me because you can talk to me on that show. We do take calls on the Locker Room show. So if you're, it's your opportunity to speak to me about your EPL team or your EPL bets. So come in and join in on Locker Room. That's also the place where you get the EPL live. What we've been doing is we've been covering all of the EPL games, but as you've noticed, the first two games have been exclusive to those who listen to it on Locker Room because we do Locker Room one hour before the first two games kick off. And then the show comes out in the middle of the first two games. So you can't bet it unless you listen to them at Locker Room. So I advise everybody to head over to Locker Room for the EPL Live. This midweek, it'll be just one early game. So there'll be just one game that you guys miss out on if you are waiting for the podcast. I understand people have commitments and whatnot. So you can't um, listen to every single podcast, especially not something that's live. But if you can, I would appreciate guys coming on the show because I would like to hear from you and it makes the midweek show different to the weekend show and adds a little bit more variety to the Soccer Gambling Podcast feed. Moving on with this week's EPL, we begin with Aston Villa hosting Arsenal, 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Villa, who've already beaten Arsenal away from home this season, are the 7-4 underdogs. It's 5-2 to to draw and it's 6-4 on Arsenal. Villa are such a Jekyll and Hyde team. They hit a run of form and then they lose a home game against West Ham, get ripped apart by 
Man United's Jesse Lingard. We do still own Jesse Lingard, and I think he's putting his price up if he continues to perform like that. Arsenal are also a Jekyll and Hyde team. They look to be back on track. They were keeping clean sheets. They were winning games, even without Aubameyang, and then they go and lose at Wolves. They were actually in control of that game and cruising towards a win, and then they get David Luiz sent off at half-time. Wolves score a penalty, and then they score one to go in the second half, and they beat Arsenal out of nowhere. So... This is a very, very difficult game to to make a play on. I would lean, I would lean towards both teams finding net here in this game, and that isn't a strong lean. It's just a lean because I have to pick every single game here on the show. Some things that idiots don't understand who end up tweeting me all kinds of garbage. I have to make a lean on every single game. Yes. I watch every single game. Yes, I've researched every single game. I have all of the statistical data in front of me. I'm going to give it to you in a minute. But it doesn't mean I'm going to play every game. It doesn't mean I'm telling you to play every game. I have a service, lockbetting.com. I play my favorite plays over there. I went 3 and 0 in the EPL this week with my top plays. In fact, I won all of my all of my leans for Wednesday and Thursday. Every single play on Wednesday and Thursday won, with the exception being my play on Liverpool. But if anybody had Liverpool to lose another home game and to lose to Brighton, then you're a better capper than me, hands down. But nobody had that. Nobody could foresee Liverpool losing that game. So if I ended up going one and three on Tuesday and only failed a one more pick, does that not make me six and four? And did I not pick Everton as a huge underdog winner? That was an official play for my clients. We took Everton to win away to Leeds. I saw that as a perfect spot for Everton to bounce back and a perfect letdown spot for Leeds. I analysed the game perfectly, picking a two-to-one underdog. But nobody tweets you about that. So looking at this game, this Aston Villa-Arsenal game, and breaking down the statistical and the statistical data here for this one, I do see goals in this game. I do think both teams will score. There's also enough data here to support an over, uh, over 2.5 goals, and both teams to score have landed in four of Villa's last seven games. Over 2.5 goals and both teams to score have landed in three of Arsenal's last five assignments on the road. Uh, Aston Villa have won two of their last three home games, and Villa have beaten Arsenal in each of the club's last two encounters. So Arsenal will be looking to put that right. I don't know what's going on with Aubameyang. I don't know when Aubameyang's coming back. The rumour is is that his wife caught him having an affair with a man. So that would probably explain his personal problems and why he's away too long. There's also rumours that the club are trying to buy his wife's silence because this would be a PR disaster for him. All sorts of rumours going around. Um, I pretty much do believe that because what other reason would it be unless it was a a family bereavement or, or something of that nature? But I do think that it's a big, big personal issue and that's the rumour. I don't think that's come from nowhere, but it's pretty much irrelevant to our to our gambling. It's just fun to speculate on what the situation is with Aubameyang, especially if that's the rumour. But um, but yeah, Arsenal are continuing to, to do okay without him. I think the um, the midweek result was an, was an anomaly and if I was to pick a winner here I would lean on Arsenal to break this run of defeats against Aston Villa because I do think Arsenal are slightly more consistent than Villa and I do think come the end of the season Arsenal will finish above this Villa team so small lean on Arsenal as a pick here if forced to pick between these two teams and again if forced to take a selection on this game both teams to score would be the one up next we have Burnley at home to Brighton, two teams that don't score a lot of goals. So immediately, 
My my head is turned towards the under. Burnley are eleven to four to win this game. It's eleven to five the draw, and it's eleven to ten on Brighton. Don't really think Brighton should be favourites here in this spot, but Burnley are having their little bit of a dip now. What this is what Burnley always do. They get into relegation problems. Sean Dyche rallies the troops. They get a run of results and they get out of it. And then they have another little bit of a dip. They are seemingly having a dip now. They didn't play very well against Manchester City, but that was expected. We actually, um, I actually gave out the scoreline for that game in my write-up when I took Manchester City to nil as my play. Uh, back-to-back 2-0 defeats against for Burnley, but it's against the Thomas Tuchel managed Chelsea in what was his real first game in charge and then travelling away to Manchester City. I wouldn't read too much into that and necessarily have Brighton as a favourite here. That price does surprise me, but even though it does, I still think the strongest play here will be on the under. I would play it. I was willing to play it at anything that was uh, better then under then uh, minus 200 one to two and I do have that price here have it at three to five for me that's good enough here to play the under in this one don't see any way it goes over all the statistical data points to the under the eye test of watching these two teams tell you it's going to go under under 2.5 goals were scored in six of Brighton's last seven assignments under 2.5 goals were scored in seven of Burnley's last eight matches under 2.5 goals hit the net in five of the last seven meetings between the two teams and Brighton have won three of the last four games in the league posting one nil scorelines each time, including wins over Tottenham and Liverpool. So perhaps that is why the line is skewed mainly towards Brighton and Brighton winning this on the money line because of their form, their wins coming into this over Liverpool and Tottenham. But in the EPL, that usually spells letdown. And we successfully picked out the letdown for the uh, Everton Leeds game. Not as strong on this one and more strong on the under here. But um, I do think there is some value on taking Burnley on the money line, much like there was value on Everton. But as I said, was much, much more confident on Everton. They're a far better team than Burnley. And Burnley are having their, um, their routine dip here off the back of a few good results that have got them out of the relegation conversation. Up next, we move on to Newcastle against Southampton, where Newcastle available at 2-1. It's 12-5 the draw, and it's 13-10 on the Saints. The Saints are favourites off the back of a 9-0 defeat away to Man United, which pretty much tells you how bad Newcastle are. Newcastle looked like they were back on track after winning away to Everton. But then they go and lose at home to Crystal Palace, which puts them in the relegation conversation here as well. Southampton lost 9-0 last season to Leicester and their bounce back was very, very solid. Ralph Harson who will have to do that again. It's crazy. We're talking about a team losing 9-0 back-to-back seasons, but that's what's happened here with Southampton. They've also lost each of their last four league games in the Premier League, which will give Newcastle hope. And Newcastle have also won each of their last three home meetings with Southampton. And they have mustered a combined 40 three attempts on goal in the last two home matches. So Newcastle are approving in an attacking sense. They are trying to play a different style and they will take it to Southampton here, but they took it to Crystal Palace and ended up losing 2-1. It seems like the style that suits them is a negative style to, to get points and, um, and hit teams on at the break. And that is what they did against Everton. Whereas here against the Southampton, the onus will be on them to attack a lot more 
and that may actually leave them susceptible to conceding goals themselves. Whereas when they go to a place like Everton, they set up very, very compact and defensively and make themselves very, very difficult to beat and try and nick the game. And that's exactly what they've done. They nicked the game against Everton. It's not a style that's popular with Newcastle fans, but they don't have the personnel to play any other way. Once they try and play uh, attractive free-flying football and try and press teams and try and do what the big teams do, they don't have the personnel to carry it off and they do end up getting a result against the Crystal Palace team who will remain organised, will put men behind the ball and will try and hit you on the break. And ultimately, that's what happened against Crystal Palace. And that's what could happen here against Southampton, despite the fact I do want to take Newcastle as an underdog because the statistical day actually actually favours the underdog here and we could take a team here who are at home against a team that lost 9-0 with statistical data in their favour but I just don't see Newcastle winning this game. I would still probably lean towards Southampton here despite the fact they are probably an unworthy favourite in this spot. Up next, we look at Fulham versus West Ham where Fulham are available at 13-5. It's also 13-5 to draw and it's 6-5 to five here on the Hammers. The Hammers just won away to Aston Villa, so I do strongly fancy him here to win away to Fulham. But Fulham are a stubborn team. I did take Leicester to, to beat Fulham in midweek, but this is a resilient Fulham team who have had a whole load of draws as, as of late. They've had three draws in their last six, so they are having a mini revival, but they need to turn those draws into wins to survive, and I don't think they will survive this season, and I don't think they'll be able to do anything here against the West Ham team, who we are just waiting to fall off a cliff. We're waiting for West Ham to do what West Ham do, waiting for Everton to do what Everton do. Teams like this um, usually have drop-offs, but they've remained consistent throughout the season. Yes, they're lost at home to Liverpool last week but that was to be expected that was to be expected they'd lose to Liverpool but the bounce back against Aston Villa away was very very impressive as was Jesse Lingard's performance West Ham have now won seven of their last eight games in all competitions whereas Fulham are actually winless in 11 straight Premier League fixtures so despite their revival that has mostly been draws they've avoided defeats but they haven't won any of their last 11 they've also failed to score in four of their last five home assignments whereas West Ham have won each of the last three Premier League away games there is no home advantage in the Premier League anymore so to get West Ham here at plus money in this spot does represent some value they are the better team they're in better form and Fulham can't win games therefore West Ham will be the play here on the money line in this one. Up next, we move on to the Manchester United game. They are at home to Everton. Man United are available here at 1-2. to two. It's 16-5 to five to draw and it's 19-4 to four on Everton. For me, this is a pretty simple pick. I think Man United are going to struggle here in this game. They've already beaten Everton this season 3-1 away from home. They also won 9-0 in midweek, so that should tell you that Man United have everything going for them here to win this game. But for me, I just know my team. I just know Man United are very, very inconsistent. Yes, they'll blow away Southampton 9-0 in midweek and everybody will be expecting them to come here and win this game and be full of confidence, but they'll start poorly. They'll start poorly, they won't start fast and... At one point, it wouldn't surprise me if we're 1-0 down in this game. We need that wake-up call to wake up and try and get back in it. And we've seen that consistently throughout the season. So if Everton score first here off the back of Man United being lacklustre in the first 20 minutes, how can anybody be surprised? I think the best bet here is to take Everton plus 1.5. It's available here at 4-7. to 
that means you can cash this bet if Man United win by one goal. As long as Man United don't win by two, you cash on Everton 1.5. Man United have won most of their home games by just one goal this season. They haven't won many by two or three. They haven't looked convincing. And if both teams score in this game, you're even more likely to cash this play. And it's a very good chance that both teams will. Everton have scored in their last seven away league games in the league. The visitors have also averaged 1.5 goals per an away match and they are coming off an away win as well against Leeds. United have scored 19 times in their last five home league games. So you can definitely see Man United finding the net here as well. I don't think there'll be any problem. And United have won by a single goal, as I mentioned earlier, in eight of their 13 league wins so far this season. So I think they're very likely to win this by a single goal as well or drop points. And that's why Everton plus 1.5 looks like an attractive play to me. And as I said, that is available at four to seven here in this one. Moving on to Sunday and we begin with Tottenham against West Brom where Tottenham are the one to two, sorry, the four to nine favourites here. It's seven to two to draw and it's six to one here on West Brom. I'm not sure that Tottenham should be stronger than minus 200 against anyone at the moment, given that they haven't made any adjustments without Harry Kane. I don't know how they're going to approach this game because Mourinho only seems to have one tactic at the moment, which is uh, putting men behind the ball and trying to release Son to try and score a goal. Well, they've not been successful at that since Harry Kane's not been there. They haven't scored a goal. They haven't scored in the last two matches. I know Harry Kane is coming back soon, sooner than we expected, but um, he needs to rush back here because Tottenham have not been able to adjust without him. And uh, I have no interest in taking Tottenham here at worst than minus 200. I think the only play that really interests me here is taking the over. I know Tottenham have been goal shy, but West Brom are very, very easy to score against. And West Brom themselves could easily contribute in this game. It's very, very weird to say that about an Allardyce team, but it's not really an Allardyce team. This is Billich's team and Allardyce hasn't been able to add his, per- add his personnel to it. And if this team can't defend... Allardyce can't turn these these players into quality defenders in just a few months. That's why he's struggling and that's why this is going to be the first Allardyce team that's ever relegated. Over 2.5 goals have been scored in eight of West Brom's last nine matches. West Brom have conceded 26 goals in their last nine league matches. West Brom have won two of their last 22 league fixtures. Or sorry, just won two of their 22 fixtures overall this season. And Tottenham have beaten West Brom when the team's faced off in November. So for me, everything does point to a narrow Tottenham victory. But I also think that West Brom will be able to score in this game and uh, Tottenham will need to find two from their uh, attacking players that have delivered very little. They have to get something out of Son here, uh, Mora, Lamella, Gareth Bale. The Gareth Bale situation is very, very odd. He's getting paid a ton of money to be there at Tottenham, but he's hardly playing. And um, when you don't have Harry Kane there and Gareth Bale can't get into the side, you do have a significant issue that you need to deal with. There's something weird going on at Tottenham. Jose seems to be doing what he usually does with his uh, more recent clubs, and that's uh, looking very, very miserable. 
looking like he's falling out with several players, several key players as well, which it's, it's really weird to call Gareth Bale that because he hasn't really done anything in a Tottenham shirt, but he should be a key player as far as name stature goes. This is a Champions League winner. This is a guy who won the Champions League with his goals for Real Madrid. So this should be a key player. I don't think Gareth Bale's passed it yet. I do think there's still a player in there. There's certainly a player in there if you look at what he's being paid because if he's not a good player still and there isn't anything left in Gareth Bale's tank then you certainly shouldn't be paying him all this money to come to London and play golf and he can't even do that at the moment because we're in a lockdown so maybe that's why Gareth Bale's so so miserable I don't know what's going on I don't know what's going on at Tottenham but it's very very odd and uh, things are going to get even worse if they don't win this game or especially if they lose this game Jose Mourinho could go Jose Mourinho could legitimately be the next manager to go, despite the fact we have teams in deep, deep relegation problems, despite the fact that Steve Bruce is the obvious frontrunner. If Jose Mourinho doesn't win this game or, or put some sort of run together soon and Tottenham drop out of the Champions League positions um, or drop out the Champions League, they're already out of the Champions League positions. I'm talking about the Champions League conversation entirely then Jose Mourinho could could be on his way out here. And uh, I don't know if there'll be any way back for him. If he gets sacked from this Tottenham job, which I would say is probably the, the weakest club he's managed since Porto, I don't know where you go from here with um, with another sacking here for Mourinho. He needs to sort this out and it needs to start on Sunday against West Brom at home. Up next, you have Wolves versus Leicester, where Wolves are available here at 12 to 5. It's 9 to 4 to draw, and it's 6 to 5 here on Leicester. Both of these teams had uh, good results in midweek, so it makes it kind of difficult to to cap this one. Uh, I'm going to go with both teams to find a net here in this one, which is available at even money. That's the underdog price. The um, both teams to score no is actually eight to eleven. I don't understand that because both teams have scored in each of Wolves' last five Premier League games. Uh, both teams have also scored in five of Leicester's last eight away league matches. Only Man United's have won more Premier League away points than Leicester this season. It's worth noting. And uh, Wolves have won just one of the last four Premier League home games, although they did win the last one against Arsenal. So I lean Leicester here, but I like both teams to score here at plus money. I don't think both teams to score should be the underdog selection in that yes and no market. Up next, we'll look at the game of the week where Liverpool will be hosting Manchester City. Liverpool here are available at 12 to 5 as underdogs. It's 13 to 5 the draw. And it's even money here on City, who could amazingly hand Liverpool the third home defeat of the season after Liverpool were so consistent for so many years. They didn't lose for three and a half years. Now they could lose three games in a row on their own turf. It would satisfy me to see that, but I actually want Liverpool to win this game because I think Manchester City are going to run away with the title unless they start dropping points. And uh, these are the games they need to start dropping points in. If they go away to Anfield and win without Kevin De Bruyne, then they probably are most definitely definitely going to be the um, the champ. There's no probably about it. They're definitely going to be the Premier League champions. So we actually need a favourite from Liverpool here. I'm not sure that we're going to get it. I do like the price on Liverpool on the double chance market here to avoid the defeat. Liverpool to avoid a defeat here is available at 4-5, to five, minus 125. I do like that. But um, we are going to have to see a very, very different Liverpool team if they want to get anything out of this game. But they do have some hope. Sadio Mane should be back for this game. Sadio Mane is so important to Liverpool. He's their most important player. He's the one who is key to their pressing game. Nobody in world football, I don't think, presses 
as hard and as significantly as Sadio Mane. Nobody wins more balls high up the pitch than Mane. They have Firmino there doing the same thing. They have Salah up there as well. But nobody can come in and replace Mane's intensity. He's key. And without Mane, if you're not pressing the way Mane does and you're not all in sync like Firmino, Salah and Mane are because they've been playing together for so long, then something's missing because it allows teams to play out and get the ball out. And once you break down and get through Liverpool's midfield and you're then you're then there looking at the back line and a back line that's missing Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez and with the fullbacks also pressing forward giving you plenty of space in attacking areas Manchester City could destroy this team if Liverpool aren't pressing effectively and winning the midfield battles and allowing Manchester City to get into space against their weakened back line, then Manchester City could destroy this team. So I think Liverpool will be aware of that. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson will be aware that they have more defending to do and they will be relying on the wingers to be pressing the, the back line here. So that's when Mane is key and um, I think it will make a difference. I don't think it will allow Manchester City to play through this Liverpool front line and find the gaps in order to breakthrough and then again breakthrough the midfield the midfield battle will be key I personally wouldn't play Thiago here in this game I wouldn't play him I don't think he's adjusted to the Premier League I don't think you've got time um, I don't think you've got room to accommodate a flair player here obviously a lot of the Liverpool players are being asked to play in defence. So you don't have Jordan Henderson here. So it makes it difficult for you not to play Thiago in this game when Henderson's playing as one of your central central defenders. But uh, for me, I would find a way to strengthen up and play a very, very tough ball-winning midfield that makes makes sure that if Manchester City do manage to get it out and your press hasn't worked and you do get it into the midfield, it doesn't immediately then break to your forward line and you're going up against a weakened back four because despite the fact that Bruyne is not here, on the counter-attack, Manchester City do have the players and the pace to destroy you. And as I said, we're hoping that's not going to be the case because we will be taking Liverpool here to avoid a defeat on the double-chance market just because this is a different game. It's not Brighton. It's not Burnley. This aren't a team that are necessarily going to sit in, although this is a team that's difficult to break down because they have been able to keep clean sheets as of late, which is why I like the under three and a half goals in this one, which is available at four to seven. Manchester City have won each of their last nine Premier League games and the Citizens have conceded just one goal in their last nine league assignments, whereas this Liverpool team have failed to win in any of their last four home league matches. And Liverpool also failed to score in each of their last three Premier League home games again. All of this lends its to the under but I am hoping and I am taking Liverpool here to avoid a defeat here in this one the final game I'm going to look at here is Sheffield United at home to Chelsea and for me this is a very very simple selection I think it gives Tuchel the opportunity to get 10 points from his first four games and that will be considered an impressive start Chelsea are 4-7 to to deliver that win it's 10-3 to to draw and it's 13-2 on Sheffield United for me don't overthink this. I think Chelsea win this game on the money line. This is a Sheffield United team that are really struggling to score goals. Going up against a Chelsea team who have kept three clean sheets in their last three. So for me, I think Chelsea are back on track. They look like the favourites, in my opinion, to get fourth place in the league. And I'm going to take Chelsea here on the money line. That concludes this edition of the EPL show. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening. 
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter, and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.